0: got three people down there, the ball's up in the air, caught, touchdown, caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act, and when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad, Holly to the Buffs with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. My Welcome into the DMVR swag. Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we are talking about basketball. Uh, so, it's like 10.30. We're going to try to keep this kind of quick. Uh, but Colorado just beat the shit out of uh, Utah, which was a lot of fun. Um, they, the game really didn't matter, which I, I guess that's not true. That's kind of the weird thing about college basketball. That, like Even though in the standings it really doesn't matter at all whether the Buffs win or lose... Like, the computers will think differently of the Buffs based on how this game goes. In terms of computers, I mean, the Buffs max it out. You know, you can't do much better than a road win by 10-plus points. You know, that's the biggest category in the net rankings and all that sort of stuff. So, again, I mean, solid end of the season. They've won 7 of 8. And it's easy to be excited about where this team is right now. Um... Again, not, not an NCAA tournament team, which sucks, but if if they win the Pac-12 tournament, I guess they will be. It's just tough because you look at how they're playing right now and it's so easy to see them making a run in the NCAA tournament or, or at least proving that they belong. And so while you you may not achieve all of your goals this season, which, again, just sucks because the, the team is playing well enough now that they, they are... Absolutely, one of the, the best teams in the country in terms of like whatever number get into the tournament. Um, despite that, and solid close to the year, uh, you get a buy in the Pac-12 tournament for the second time since joining the conference. The the last one, of course, was last year when the bus finished third in the Pac-12. And, and I mean, it, when you're in that conversation already with such a young team, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, So, so big picture wise, again, like Oregon already lost earlier today, and so this game didn't matter all that much. Because again, like you just you have to you have to win in the Pac-12 tournament to get into the NCAA tournament at this point. So, still, obviously, good to see them play so well. Um, We're going to talk about uh, some of the things that happened in that game. Uh, We're also going to run through this bracket because uh, I, I waited to do this until after the USC-UCLA game was over, just so that we'd know exactly what this bracket looks like. Uh, so, so we're going to start off by talking about this game. Uh, we're going to wrap things up by running through this bracket and, and talking a little bit about what Vegas is going to look like next week. Uh, so there's, there's the plan for today. Um, I don't think there's any other notes. I think we've covered just about everything. And I guess that means we should just jump in. So the Buffs won 84 to 71. And honestly, it's kind of disappointing that that's the final score. Because for quite a while there, it was, it was looking like the Buffs were going to win by at least 20. Um, I, I assume most of you watched this game A good one to be on ESPNU. I I know there aren't a lot of people who just spend a lot of time watching ESPNU, but the Buffs played really well on uh, a a national stage. Um, I guess again, I love how whenever the team plays on the Pac-12 network, you always get the press release saying the game will be broadcast nationally on the Pac-12 network. It's like, well, that's not. That's that's a stretch. That's a stretch. In this case, though, again, people had access to this game, and the Buffs looked really good. Um, win by 13 in the end. They were up by as much as 29. Uh, they were up by 20 for most of the second half. But in the, in the last five minutes or so, Utah put together a little bit of a run. And 13 was actually the, the closest that the game was at any point since uh, looks like about the five-minute mark of the first half. It's just five minutes to go in the first half. Um, just a really great performance. Uh, just jumping in at the top, it started out with some really great three-point shooting and and with good defense on the other end as well. Um, but, but the Buffs' first four shots uh, to go in were all three-pointers, one from Jabari Walker, three from Evan Batty, Evan played one of the best games of his career, um, and it, it, you always like say things like that, and you're like, okay, well, it has been four years. You, there's there's a lot of games. You're not missing something, All right? But when you set a new career high, automatically one of the best games of your career. Uh, he put up 27 points. I, it could have been more, honestly. Like the whole team kind of put the took the foot off the gas late, um, but he was sitting on 22, which matched his career high. I think like five, less than 10 minutes into the second half. And, and again, things just kind of faded from the whole team from there. They seemed like bored almost out there, which isn't a good sign. But when they're on the run that they're on right now, I'm not worried about it. Um, really, this whole game, it looked a lot like the, the effort they gave in the Arizona game. Uh, but back, but back to Evan Batty. 10-17 uh, from the field, 6-9 and 9 from three. That really stands out. I mean, he... He's not just taking three pointers. he's taking shots from like a step or two behind the arc. Um, it's It's a very new piece of his game, obviously. I and mean, we, we've seen the three point shooting throughout this season, but now he's extending his range like that, just just wild. Um, I think in, on top of that, like you just see how that that three point ability changes the way defenses have to guard him. I mean, he, he before was one of the best pick and roll bigs in the Pac-12. You know, it, him and Kin running that pick and roll, it, it was incredible. Now you add the pick and pop into the mix, and it just means that the defense has one more thing that they have to pay attention to. Not only are they trying to make sure that the guard doesn't get by, that, he, that Evan doesn't slip back behind him, uh, they have to worry about Evan getting to the three-point arc. And because of that, like just the, the timing of all, all this stuff and the feel that he has at this point, it's really impressive. Uh, you, you see things where it's just, he realizes that he can get a switch real quick. So he just charges downhill, gets the, gets the defensive switch. All of a sudden, he's got a little guy on him. And I don't know that sometimes the other guys on the court are the best at realizing when Evan has a matchup like that. But the fact that he's getting those matchups is all that he can do. Um, so much good stuff from Evan, um, six rebounds, two assists, uh, a plus 17 in the game, second best on the team behind Jabari, only one turnover. I think that's notable. In fact, I mean, that's probably the, the most notable part of all of this for the entire team, either that or the three point shooting only nine turnovers tonight. And for a team that's really struggled with turnovers all season, that's a huge step in the right direction at a very crucial time. And we'll talk more about that when we get into the point guards. Um, guards in general, I guess. Evan, though, um, just so explosive as a scorer in, in a way that we don't see from him often. You know, there's stretches where you see like he, he's cooking in the paint or sometimes he'll get like that mid-range going a little bit. This year he's added like the ability to get hot from three but in this game, I mean, he was so much more explosive for such a longer period than we've seen at any point in his career. And that's exciting. You see him being maximized at this point at his time in Boulder, and it makes, you, it, makes it easy to daydream about what could happen in Vegas. And that's really exciting, but we'll dig into that stuff later. Um, Jabari Walker, second on the team, 22 points, 7 of 14 from the field. 3 of 6 from 3, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, uh only turned the ball over twice. Uh I mean what? This is I think this is 16 tr- double-doubles now. I think it's 16 double-doubles for Jabari Walker. I think second in the conference. I think it's I think second is 6 or 7 double-doubles right now. Um so obviously just n- incomparable. You know, he I think came in averaging a little under 10 rebounds per game has 12. He brings that number up. He was all already leading the pack 12 there. He's like seventh in scoring and that, that number is at like 14 right now and he drops 22. And it's again, Like, these are the types of games that, at this point, we just expect from Jabari. You know, we expect him to be at least close to 50% from the field if he doesn't hit 50% from the field. We expect him to be close to 20 points if he doesn't quite get there. Um, We expect him to to probably get a double-double just about every night. And the questions are just, you know, the the turnovers. What else is he providing? Um, The fouls, that sort of stuff. But for Jabari, just a super clean performance, and especially early on, he was making some plays that were really, really important. I mean, you just look at who was scoring the points, and it starts with the three from Jabari, then three threes from Evan, layup from Jabari, three from Jabari, layup from Jabari, free throw from Jabari, then Keyshawn hit a three, and and things kind of opened up a little bit from there. But you know, those two layups in that stretch. Those were both on missed shots. Somebody missed. I think Evan missed a three on one of them. It was like a heat check from way behind the arc, and and Jabari just got the rebound and put it in. And those two little layups. When you look at what what happened in that stretch, you know they they go up twenty three to nine. It's easy to forget about those when they're making so many threes, but the difference between twenty three to nine and nineteen to nine. I mean, it's pretty significant. You're you're leaving them within a, a a run that you expect to happen at some point in the game away from maybe not tying it, but at least cutting it to, to a score, right? Cause it seems like every team in every game is going to put up a run of about seven, eight, nine points, something in there. And to, to be able to extend that lead within eight minutes to 14 points, just so big you know, that second layup actually got it to 10, and maybe that's a better point here, but the difference between a six-point lead and a 10-point lead at that point, huge. And he got fouled on that one too. So a lot to like from Jabari, and and a, it makes it easy to, to forget just how good he is because sometimes he is doing some of that quiet stuff down in the paint, grabbing some of those boards, getting those putbacks, and getting some ugly points that, again, don't stand out when you think back about all the big plays in the game. It also makes you think about what this team could be next year if Jabari sticks around. And at this point, I I think it's probably pretty safe to assume Jabari's going to be headed to the NBA. We'll see when the time comes. But when you see him play like this it does really make you wonder what he would look like in the Pac-12 next year. I mean, would, would he be contending for Pac-12 player of the year next year? I don't think that's that crazy, especially when you remember that the talent around him is going to be even better next year as well. So we'll see how that all plays out, and I think you have to to bet on him moving on. But when he's doing what he's doing right now, night in and night out, it does it does make you spend some time thinking about what could be on the way for this team if tad's able to keep it all together um which again it isn't isn't that nice that that's what we're talking about right now you know they they've won seven of eight games or whatever it is, whereas before that they'd lost five of six the The season took a turn at that point, and it was a it was a good turn. It was a good turn, and it was a needed turn because if, if this season had gone south, imagine if the bus were sitting there in seventh right now, eighth right now, and, and that that would have been really easy to do. You know, dropping down to like ninth or tenth in the standings, they would have had to fall apart pretty in a pretty ugly fashion. But getting down to eighth was was not a stretch from where Colorado was, um, and it just changes. It changes everything, right? It changes. First of all, just how this Pac-12 tournament's going to look, it changes, you know, what the postseason is going to look like. Beyond that, probably not going to the NCAA tournament, but maybe hosting an NIT game. Um, it changes what we'll think all off season, right? It changes the perspective of this season for Tad to get to twenty wins again. That's really, really impressive. What is it? There's, he's he has 9 21 seasons, and this is like his twelfth year, I believe. Uh, meanwhile, there's like 13, 21, 20 win seasons in the history of the program. And he's, like I said, responsible for nine of them. So it's to add that up as well, just the, the positive momentum that the buffs have built, regardless of what happens the rest of the way that is going to stick with them through the off season. And I do think that it's going to help the case for Jabari to stick around. Um, what else to touch on here? Maybe this is a good time to to remind you guys about a couple of our uh, our partners. Uh, first of all, want to tell you guys about Wana. So Wana, they're the Juana Optimal's fast asleep. So the way it works is there's it's 20 to 100 THC to CBD. So it's like an edible, and it it does have a little bit of THC. It's mostly the CBD doing the work. It helps you go to sleep really fast Um, it it doesn't really matter why you're feeling that way uh, that you need to go to sleep but for just about everybody you're going to feel your eyelids getting heavy in about 5 to 15 minutes the next morning you're you're not going to be groggy at all it's not like the the powerful drugs that sometimes you'll get in these situations that, that just put you in a fog the next day so definitely look into these and they've been researched by like people who research all these sorts of things. Um, They've got different flavors. The Dreamberry flavor is is a lot of people's favorites. Um, If you're interested in in getting rid of some of the things that you use to help you sleep, this is a great alternative. And you can pick up everything Juana has at Colorado's premier dispensary. That's Lightshade with 11 convenient Denver, Metro, and Aurora locations. They offer something for everyone, whether you're Casual consumer or your connoisseur. Uh, Cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, all that sort of stuff. And our podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at LightShade.com for pickup or visit a LightShade location near you. Also, got to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, We're actually in between promos. Uh, I'm not sure what the the next deal is. I can tell you that the last one was for Covington and Masvidal in uh, the UFC fight tonight, UFC 272. For that one, if you decided to bet on it, you, all, you only had to bet $1. And it didn't matter whether you were right or wrong or what you bet on, $100 in free bets for all new users. It's an awesome deal. I'm sure that... I'm going to get the email tomorrow saying what the next promotion is for next week. Uh, but there's always something for new users. There's always a bunch of great options for existing users. Ooh. And, and we should, uh, real quick, we're going to make a DraftKings pick of the week. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't come prepared. That's a situation where I always accidentally say pre prepared and that is dumb. That's repetitive. The Nuggets tomorrow they play the Pelicans. Let's just keep this one simple. Uh Nuggets are -150 on the money line. Oh, oh actually. Here's a better option. You can get Nikola Jokic over 12 and a half rebounds at -115. I feel like that's a that's a steal. We're going to we're going to make that the DraftKings pick of the week. This game is Sunday night the Nuggets taking on the Pelicans. Nikola Jokic over 12.5 rebounds. I'm going to get in on that right now so I don't forget. And uh, you should get in on it too because it's going to happen. Nikola loves getting rebounds. Um, yeah, sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 4700 One more before we get out of here. Sexy Pizza. Everybody likes pizza. And uh, some people can, can find it kind of tough to, to get pizza they can eat. You know, whether you're gluten-free, you're vegan, whatever. Sexy Pizza has options for just about everybody. Um, and you should definitely check it out. Uh, the, the two I brought, Vegans, Gluten-Free, Absolutely you have options with Sexy Pizza. It's a it's been a staple in the Denver community for 13 years. They've got a bunch of different locations around town and uh, you just can't do better. It's hand tossed deck oven pizza. They make their dough from scratch every single morning and there's a bunch of different ways to do it. There's the sides, there's different sizes of pizzas, there's uh, I mean the philanthropies which are pizzas that've been designed by people with non-profit charities and a portion of the proceeds that sexy pizza gets from those philanthropies goes to those nonprofits. it's an awesome deal so much cool stuff going on you can see it all at www.sexy.pizza okay back into this basketball game I've, we, we we knocked those out um where to go next I mean point guards point guards are a decent option um Julian Hammond got the start again I think that that's not a surprise right like when you make a change to the starting lineup and you beat the number two team in the country you keep doing exactly what you did and that's what tad decided you know similar to that Arizona game Julian was pretty quiet you know for a starter he he really didn't make all that many plays. That, that come to mind when you think back on this game. Finishes with three points, one of four shooting, um, a couple rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. And I think that that one turnover is the number that really stands out because it, it seemed like for a lot of the season, it wasn't necessarily like how the point guards go is how, how, the, how the rest of the team is going to go. But there was a, a big piece of that, or at least a piece where Keyshawn or KJ... Would wind up turning the ball over four or five times in a game when Colorado turns the ball over 18, 19, 20, 22 times. And you just see that effect on the team and how that kind of ruined their chances of winning the game. With Julian in, he's not going to make mistakes. You know, he may also, he, he doesn't provide the same spacing or three point shooting that Keyshawn does. He doesn't provide the same ability to get to the rim that KJ does, but he's a really steady hand, and I think that for this team, as it's starting to come together a little bit, what you need is just somebody who doesn't make mistakes, somebody who can get the ball to Jabari, get the ball to Tristan, let Neek do some things, work with Evan, and Julian, I think, has filled that role well. I'm not ready to say, like, yep, this is this is the guy. This is this is who should have been starting at point guard all season, or he's he's the starter next year. But I do think that based on what we've seen in these two games, I think that this strategy works. I think a key piece of that strategy is still keeping Julian's minutes kind of low. Um, you know, even even though he's starting, he was third among the point guards in minutes. He he played 17. Keyshawn played uh, 22. KJ played 21. And I think that that balance probably makes more sense, but especially in these early game situations. I mean, we saw it tonight for sure when the Buffs get off to this hot start, but that that's been one of the complaints that we've had throughout the season is that the the team just starts slowly. And because of that, obviously it makes sense to change the starting lineup. Um and I think that this just balances things out a little bit. You aren't you, you don't have to worry so much about you know, does, does Keyshawn feel like he needs to take a deep three here just to kind of set things up? Does he need to whatever? That sort of energy really does better off the bench, right? Especially when, when Keyshawn's in with Luke O'Brien off the bench and those two come in for Julian and like Tristan maybe, uh, maybe even Jabari, and, and you just lose some of your offense. It makes sense to bring in a couple guys and a couple guys who can put up some numbers. Um, and I guess that would just be Keyshawn um, with, with Luke kind of filling that grinder sort of role. Um, although he's he's had some decent scoring nights as well. Uh, but but for Keyshawn, when I don't know, that's, that starting lineup just moves the ball so well. And I think that the, the complaints of selfishness that we heard throughout the season, those have died down. And I think that this is a piece of that. I think that it just opens things up to let Tristan do a little bit more, to let Jabari do a little bit more, and when those guys need a rest, go to Keyshawn and let Keyshawn chuck up some threes because he can get hot and he can put up a bunch of points in just a couple minutes. And I think that that ability just makes a lot of sense on the bench. and And it's pretty similar to KJ too. It might not necessarily look the same, but the the scoring ability there is it's it's similar. In, in terms of the volume that's possible, um, like I said, Hammond didn't really do all that much. Um, that's generally true of the other two guards. You know, Keyshawn, eight points, three of five shooting, two rebounds, two assists, only one turnover. That's a night that you really like from Keyshawn off the bench. I think that if, if, if he gets 10 points to eight points, then you love it. Um, with, with KJ, uh, five points, one of four shooting. An assist, a rebound, a turnover. Again, for all these guys, just limiting the turnovers is so big for this team. Um, again, I'd, I obviously like the the point guard position was not what won this game for the Buffs, but it didn't lose it, and it didn't give the rest of the team the chance to lose it. And at this point, that's kind of what you need to be looking for from these guys. You know, it's kind of like a, a quarterback out there. It's like, hey, do what you need to do, but just don't turn the ball over. And uh the buffs got that. Um, Neek, eleven points, five of ten from the field. He's mostly out there doing neek things. Luke O'Brien doing Luke O'Brien things. Not much notable to get into there. I, I think the the last guy we need to talk about is Tristan da Silva. Um, he he fouled out in sixteen minutes on the court, which is Pretty wild, especially for somebody who we haven't seen too much foul trouble for him. Uh, He seems to have been able to avoid that. And first of all, I mean, a couple of those fouls were pretty soft. You got to say that. Um, When he was on the floor, things went well, though. Um, Five points, two of two shooting, three rebounds, three assists, did turn the ball over twice, but came up with a block and a steal, only block for the buffs all night. I'm not too worried about the, the fouls. I don't think that that's something that, that will be a factor going forward. Um, it would have been nice to have Tristan, especially in that stretch at the end of the game, right? Because when the offense kind of dried up a little bit, I think that there, there might not have been so much movement off ball just because guys are tired and the game's locked up. Um, that The defensive energy was not what it was at the beginning of the game either. Again, I'm not too worried about those last five minutes because the the... It was almost impossible to lose at that point. But when you do have that spell like that, it makes you wish a little bit that you did have just Tristan De Silva out there. One more guy who can score. One more guy who can facilitate. And, and in those five minutes, that would have helped. I also think that, you know, if, if he has five or ten more points earlier in the game because he's out on the floor more, then maybe those guys are just a little bit more hungry to get their own numbers. And that, I don't know. Not that, not that. That's a huge motivator, um, but I don't know. It's got to, it's got to be on some guy's mind, right? Um, also, they wouldn't be quite as worn out if you're playing through Tristan a little bit more. Um, just because, I mean, they they didn't really extend the bench at all. Will Laughlin got in for one minute. Um, he subbed in at the very end of the first half and actually subbed back out. He subbed in and out in the final minute of that half. And then he also subbed in um, with 30 seconds left in in the game. So it was an eight-man rotation, even with Tristan only playing 16 minutes. And so, again, if, if he's just able to eat 10 more minutes out there, and it might have been closer to 20 minutes for, for somebody like Tristan, that's just a little bit more rest for everybody else. Maybe you don't see things fall apart quite so much at the end um again I mean big picture this just felt like an extension of the Arizona game with the difference being it's just not nearly as good of an opponent um if if Colorado plays like they did in this game against Arizona honestly like Arizona might have been able to come back and win at the end I don't think so I think that this effort was good enough to beat just about anybody um barring some crazy three-point shooting which the Buffs got you know they're shot 14 to 23 from three, and you don't see this team shoot better than 50% from deep very often. Um, again, I mean, there's playing really good basketball right now, and there's just a, a different level of energy and attention to detail, um, just intensity in general. Uh, I, I'm i excited. I'm really excited about next week, and, and let's talk about next week a little bit. Like I said, the, the bracket is set. We know who's playing who. Um, the... Uh, let's just run through all these games. So on the buff side of the bracket, first of all, Colorado will play the winner of Oregon and Oregon State. Um, if, if they win that game, the Buffs will play the winner of um, Arizona versus the winner of Arizona State and Stanford. So Arizona State, Stanford in the first round, winner plays Arizona, winner goes on on Colorado's side to the semifinal. The other side of the bracket, you've got Washington State as the 7 seed, Cal is the 10. They'll play UCLA who's the 2 um, and then uh, finally, Washington is the sixth seed. Utah's the 11, and the winner goes to play USC uh, with the winner of that probably playing UCLA, you'd have to guess uh, in, the, in that semifinal. To get into a little bit more detail, first of all, you know, I came into, honestly into today saying, you know what, it doesn't matter all that much whether Colorado gets the four seed or the five seed outside of it, it feels good and it looks good. And it's, it's one more, one more piece of the resume that, that you can add, you know, it's fun to have this be technically the second best finish in the history of Colorado in the pac 12, um, now, though, and the reason I thought that was because whoever is the four seed gets the bye to play the winner of 5-12, and 12, and the 5 is that other team, and the 12 is Oregon State. Oregon State is, I guess after today, 3-27 and 27 this season. 3-27. and 27. They're really, really bad. I almost wonder if they're going to have a chance against Oregon, though. Because what we've seen from Oregon in these last couple of games, I mean, it's been awful. It's been awful just just awful basketball. Um I I thought there was a good chance that they were just going to sweep this weekend and the Buffs wouldn't even have a chance. You know, cuz the, the Buffs basically the magic number was 2. So out of uh the the two Oregon games, the one Colorado game, they needed Two positive results, and they get that four seed. They wound up getting all three because Oregon was really bad, and Colorado was really good today. Um, but but Oregon, you know, they they lose by twenty to Washington State today. It's a Washington State team that finished seventh in the conference. Uh, they they lost by eleven to Washington on Thursday. They finished sixth in the conference. Before that, they they played USC close but lost. For that, they beat UCLA, which is impressive. Again, close game, which isn't a surprise. For that, lost to Arizona. Before that, lost by 24 to Arizona State. So there's some good teams in there, but still, Oregon's going into the tournament on this one of six stretch. They've they've won one of their last six, basically the opposite of Colorado's situation, and I think it's worth keeping an eye on, especially when you remember when when the. When the Ducks went to Corvallis, they only won by two points. So that's a game that the Beavers could have stolen um, in the beginning of January. So, again, I came into today thinking, eh, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you're Colorado and you go in as the five seed, it's, it's one more game where you can build your resume, first of all. You know, a, a win over Oregon State isn't going to change your spot in the net rankings all that much. It's, it's got to count for something, and then you're right where you would be. Go beat Oregon. Go beat whoever else, whatever. Um, and you have that part. On top of that, I think that there's some value in getting your, your feet wet a little bit in a tournament situation before playing Oregon. So you, so you work out some kinks against Oregon State, and then you're, you're a little bit sharper. Maybe you can get a jump on Oregon because they start a little bit sloppy because it's their first game of the tournament. On top of that, you also have to counter it with uh, the... Just the fatigue that comes. And I think we saw some of that with the women's team last night, right? Where they're playing their third game in three days. If Colorado really needs to win the Pac-12 tournament, that that's four games in four days if you don't get the bye. That's that's a big ask. Um, so for that reason, though, with all that combined, it's like, eh, it'd be great to get the bye. It doesn't probably really matter basketball-wise, though. Again, seeing Oregon struggle like this, I... I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that game with Oregon state is all I'm going to say. And, and the ducks will probably still come in as maybe double digit favorites. I'd guess that I, I would lean toward it being like a ten and a half point spread versus like an eight and a half point spread. It's tough though. And we'll see um, regardless. I think the Oregon state is probably a good bet to cover that even if they don't win. Um, that's a game to watch though. On top of that, I mean, just looking through here, what we really care about is the path for Colorado, and that's going to start with probably Oregon, and and this game, by the way, is going to be Thursday at 3.30 Colorado time, so it'll be 2.30 in Vegas, 3.30 in Colorado on Pac-12 Network. Um, again, it'll probably be Oregon, and I I really like the Buffs' chances in that game a lot more than I did like even a week ago, and definitely more than I would have after seeing uh, Oregon beat up on Colorado and Boulder. From there, the the Buffs, if they were able to win, would play Friday again, probably against Arizona. I like I, I like having that in-state rival though, if if that's possible, you know, if Arizona State beats Stanford. You've got Arizona, Arizona State. That just adds another element. And I don't think that Arizona is going to lose that game. I mean, if 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 I had to bet, I'd bet that Arizona isn't going to lose a game in this tournament and they're just going to win the whole thing. But in-state rival is at least something that that adds one more layer, right? There, there's one more one more thing that Arizona has to fight through. Um, and, and maybe that's one worth keeping an eye on, too. Uh, from there. I think that Washington-Utah game... First of all, I think Washington's going to win it pretty easily. Um, and on the other side, I think Washington State beats Cal pretty easy. I think UCLA beats Washington State pretty easy. And I think USC and Washington could have a battle. Um, I, I don't. That's not necessarily because I think USC is all that great. Or Washington's all that great. It's because USC... I think that that's kind of like the weakest group of three down there. Um Although, hey, I, I, I could see the case for it being Oregon, Oregon State, Colorado. Um, I wouldn't agree. I could see the case. Uh, from there, though, I think I think UCLA comes out of that, that bottom half of the bracket. I th- you've got to bet on Arizona to come out of the top, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mentioned this before. I'll be down in Vegas. We'll have Marissa. We'll have Ryan Green. We'll have the other Ryan... We'll have Allie and Justin's doing Mountain West stuff. It's going to be a big group. The PHNX people are going to be out there as well, covering Arizona and Arizona State. Um, should be a good time. And I'm definitely excited to not have to cover a basketball game Wednesday. Um, again, obviously there's still plenty to watch, but there's there's no like deep podcast or... Uh, you know, writing to, to do after uh, you, you watch the game and then you move on. Um, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, it'd actually be kind of fun to get like a meetup together while we're out there. Maybe that'd be something to do Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I think that does it for today. I think we're good here. Um, I will be back on Monday with another podcast, I believe. Um, I'm not sure what the schedule is going to be next week, because if the Buffs keep winning, they play Saturday, and if they make that championship game, there'd be a Saturday podcast, which would mean that'd be six. So I'd take one day off during the week, probably obviously before the tournament, probably that travel day. Honestly, you guys don't have to worry about that. I'll figure out when the podcast will be. There will be one Monday though, and we'll we'll talk more about this bracket. Um, we, we've got to get through some of these position previews before spring ball starts. Might have to hit one Monday and another on Tuesday. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll talk on Monday though. Appreciate everybody for listening and, uh, we'll, we'll see where the buffs go from here.